Welcome back to the Youth of Bible in One Year, Day 60. In today's passages, we can see the significance of Jesus' death on the cross and what that means for you today and every day for the rest of your life. So let's find out how Jesus' death on the cross changes our lives. It was as if I was blind. I must have heard many times that Jesus died for our sins, but I simply did not see it. I was spiritually blind. But when I understood the cross, my eyes were opened. Since then, I've noticed that as I've attempted to pass on the message of Christ crucified, there are different responses. Some very intelligent people simply cannot see it. On the other hand, I'm often amazed at the understanding of others, including very young children. For all who see it, it is life-changing. To us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I think it's fascinating that in today's New Testament passage, after Jesus has explained his death, we have the story of blind Bartimaeus having his eyes opened. He says to Jesus, I want to see. Jesus replies, Go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. The word used for healed is the same Greek word as save, sozdo. Do you see it? The passages for today help us to see the significance of Jesus' death. From Proverbs 6 There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. See God's reaction to evil. You cannot fully understand the cross unless you understand why it was necessary. See God's hostile reaction to sin. The writer of Proverbs lists things that the Lord hates and are detestable to him. Arrogance, lies, murder, evil plots, feet that race down a wicked track, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker in the family. God is love. He's also just and holy. The kind of sin Listed here causes enormous damage to our lives, the lives of others and to society. Take, for example, a person who stirs up dissension. Think how much damage can be done by one person bringing division in a family or in the church, neighborhood or nation. God's hatred is not like ours. It contains no element of spite, pettiness or hypocrisy, but is the reaction of the altogether holy and loving God to sin. His anger is his loving and holy hostility to evil. When we realize the extent of God's hostility to sin that led to the cross, the only real response we can make is to turn to God in prayer, to ask for forgiveness and help. Merciful Lord, you know our struggle to serve you when sin spoils our lives and overshadows our hearts. Come to our aid and turn us back to you again. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. New Testament from Mark chapter 10. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, 
We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. See the results of the cross. If Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? How would you reply? In this passage, Jesus asks this question twice. The disciples give the wrong answer. Bartimaeus gave the right answer. I want to see. Some people simply do not see it. Some have described the death of Jesus as unexpected and tragic, but in fact it was planned, prophesied and predicted. This passage in Mark's Gospel is the third and most detailed prediction Jesus gave about his death. It shows us that Jesus expected his own death and even his resurrection. His death was not unexpected. It was a deliberate choice. It would end not in tragedy, but in triumph. Further, he had a clear understanding of the purpose of his death and the results. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The background to Jesus' understanding of his own death includes Isaiah 53, one of the suffering servant passages. We see here clear evidence that Jesus saw his own death in terms of this suffering servant. First, suffering. Why did Jesus come into the world? He understood that the whole purpose of his mission was to suffer. This is the reason he came. He came to give his life for you and me. Second, servant. Jesus uses the expression to serve. He saw himself as the servant. He came not to be served, but to serve. The expression to give his life echoes the words of the servant in Isaiah 53 verse 10. Makes his life an offering for sin. And Isaiah 53 verse 12. He poured out his life unto death. Third, saviour. The word ransom is used of prisoners of war and slaves. It means the price paid for redemption. It's paid to set the captives free. Jesus' death on the cross saves you and me by setting us free. Fourth, substitute. The word translated for in Mark 10.45 is the Greek word anti, which means in place of, and it suggests the idea of substitution. It is this idea of suffering in our place that so strongly underlies Isaiah 53. By using these words, Jesus showed that he believed that his death was not accidental or for his own sin, but suffering in the place of others who would otherwise have had to suffer. Further, Jesus understood his own death in the light of the metaphor of the cup. The Old Testament speaks of the cup of God's wrath against sin. Jesus speaks of the cup I drink. He saw himself as drinking the cup of God's hostile reaction to sin on our behalf. 
by his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated sin, evil and death. As a result, you can be forgiven, set free from guilt, shame and addictions. You can be sure of the ultimate triumph of good over evil. You need not fear the future. Death itself has been defeated. When Jesus asked his disciples, what do you want me to do for you? They gave the wrong answer. They wanted position. It's always a temptation for Christian leaders to compete with one another for the most prominent position. We are called to follow Jesus, serving him and each other. Spiritual ambition is not wrong, but it's possible to have the wrong sort of spiritual ambition. This could be as subtle as seeking our own glory rather than being ambitious for Jesus. Jesus says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Of course, for most of us, most of the time, our motives are mixed. Where we, like the disciples, attempted to seek our own position, prospects, promotion, pay, and popularity, Jesus says four words to us, not so with you. You are called to serve because it's the pattern of Jesus to serve. The clothes of authentic discipleship are not the purple robes of an emperor, but the crown of thorns of our Saviour. It's about a cross, not a throne. It's a life laid down for others. Let's follow the example of Bartimaeus who cried out to Jesus for mercy. Jesus always responds when you cry for mercy. Bartimaeus asked for his sight. His eyes were opened and he saw Jesus. Ask God today to open your eyes to see Jesus and understand all that he has done for you through his death on the cross for you. Lord, open my eyes to see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly. Old Testament from Leviticus 5-7 to The Lord said to Moses, When anyone is unfaithful to the Lord, they are to bring to the Lord as a penalty a ram from the flock, one without defect. It is a guilt offering. The priest will make atonement for them with the ram as a guilt offering, and they will be forgiven. See the reason for his death. Here again we see the background to Jesus' understanding of his own death. The guilt offering provided a penalty for sin. It leads to forgiveness and involves blood being shed. This foreshadows what Jesus was going to do on the cross for you and me. As I began to understand the Old Testament background and the seriousness of my own sin, I began to understand more and more the enormity of the sacrifice that Jesus made on my behalf. When Jesus bore with his own body God's hostile reaction to my sin, he made it possible for me to be forgiven and to experience life in all its fullness. My experience was similar to that of blind Bartimaeus. My blindness had not been physical but spiritual. Like him, I cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. I received my sight and followed Jesus. It was not something I earned. It was a gift I received by faith. Just as Jesus said to Bartimaeus, Go, your faith has healed, or in other words, saved you. Lord, thank you for opening my eyes to understand the enormity of your sacrifice on my behalf. Thank you that I can never earn forgiveness, but can only receive it as a gift by faith. 
help me like Bartimaeus to follow you and to give my life in service to you and other people. Pippa adds, In Leviticus 6 verse 4, it says, They must return what they have stolen or taken by extortion or what was entrusted to them or the lost property they found. I must confess, at times, we've ended up with lots of forgotten umbrellas in our house, and I find them extremely useful. Let's pray. Lord, have mercy on me today. Forgive me for the things I've done. Help me to love you more clearly. Help me to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen.